Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ask the Coach Show, Episode 9. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff Plum from Ping Skills, and I've got Alois Rosario with me as always. Welcome, Alois. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, we've got another great show for you. We've actually got some people that have asked questions uh, using the Q&A app, which is great. So first up, we've got a question from Alina. Now, Alina says, Hi, Alois. I've noticed the quality of the training somehow depends on the mood and the concentration. The same strokes I perform differently and miss more with the higher concentration on the ball. What is an object and level of concentration? What do you make of that question, Alice? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Elena. Um, I think when you're talking about concentration, it's uh, firstly, it's really important to try to get your level of focus up as high as possible when you're training. So if you can start to replicate a match situation, then that's ideal because that's when you want to um, have your shots working well, when you're in a match situation. So when you're talking about concentration, it's probably talking a little bit about your anxiety level or your, um, your stress level. So if that's up a little bit higher, maybe you are making a few more errors. but that's fine because that's the level that you need to be at when you're playing a match. So let's think about <coughs> your practice session. If you can start to really focus and you can start to make those strokes in that situation, then it's going to be a lot better practice for you. So don't worry about the mistakes. Let's get the focus up really well, really high, and then try to perform under that. Um, situation as well. So, Alina, I think you're on the right track. I think um, getting that focus and that concentration up is one of the really important things. With all the groups that we run, that's one of the things that we really stress, and that is to make sure that your concentration level is up as high as you can get it when you're when you're training, because then you'll get the best benefit out of your training. Yeah, it's really an interesting topic, isn't it, Alice? Because there's there's a number of different aspects to it. So as you mentioned, there's kind of the what we call the activation level, which we cover in our sports psychology lessons on our website. But then there's also um, people talk about just the practice and whether it's effective practice or not. So if you kind of go out there and you're not focusing, then obviously it's not as effective as if you go out there and you're really focused on a, a particular area and trying to improve some aspect of your game. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, the, the focus and the and the concentration are all just really big parts of being able to reach a higher level, and um, and it really benefits your training session. So, so let's get that focus and that concentration up as high as we possibly can. All right. Good luck with that, Alina. Okay. So moving on to our next question, um, we've got one here from Adam, and Adam says, "I play at a local club." and have received comments that I have a good serve. However, I've noticed that all of my backspin serves, and he's talking about the pendulum serve, have side spin as well. Is this taking away from the effectiveness of the backspin? Yeah, so um, with the pendulum serve, most of the time you're going to get a bit of side spin on it. Um, so let's have a look at the angle of your bat. So for the pendulum, if the handle is higher than the nose of the bat, you're going to get some side spin. Okay. The only time you're going to get pure backspin is if the level of your bat is completely flat. So you can do that. You can um, alter the level of, of your bat from that 
to that when you're doing the pendulum serve to generate the backspin on it. Um, the effectiveness, it, it it's just different. So um, it doesn't matter if there's a little bit of uh, side spin on it, but if, you, if you're looking for a pure backspin serve, then let's get the angle of your racket up like that so you're getting the pure backspin. Again, it's a matter of all the effectiveness depends on the player you're playing against. Do they like the side spin or do they struggle with the pure backspin on the ball? So that's something that you need to uh, judge for each player that you're playing. But this is how you're going to alter that. So once you can start to control that, then you can start to give your opponent the different options and then see what works for you. Yes, and as we mentioned, Alice, the effectiveness of a serve is usually more to do with the variations that you can generate and the deception that you can um, provide for your opponent. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point, Jeff. So yes, yeah, so so if you can get this and this and have those different variations and the slight deception between this and this, then it does make it more difficult for your opponent as well. So. Yeah. Yes, great. And also, yeah, trying to generate maybe different amounts of spin on your serve also can help with the effectiveness there. Okay, so now we're going to move on to a question from Rutvik. And Rutvik says, while playing with my opponent, when I tossed the ball for a serve, my opponent asked me to stop as he wasn't ready. Then after a pause of four to five seconds, I served again and the same thing happened. Is this legal? Yeah, that's this isn't always an interesting one because um, the basically the the game needs to be continuous. So the umpire will try to get the players to play continuously. Now, if there was a reason that he w wanted you to stop, then perhaps that's okay. But if there's just no reason that he's just not ready, um, the umpire could really get him to or force him to to play those points. Um, as I said. Play needs to be continuous, so he can't just wait around for four or five seconds and just say, "No, I'm not ready." If unless you know the, there's he's got sweat on him, or he needs to go and pick up a ball, or to tie up his shoelaces, or something like that, um, there needs to be a reason for him to wait those four or five seconds. He can't just stall you four or five seconds. So the the other issue then is, do you have an umpire that's strong enough that can do that? In as we know, in most situations. Um, that we play table tennis, it's one of our friends umpiring or it's our teammate or someone from another team umpiring and they don't really have um, umpiring qualifications so that can be a really difficult part of this game um, to enforce but technically that's how it should play out. The play should be continuous, he shouldn't be able to just um, stop you for four or five seconds. Yeah, it is a really hard situation that it is when you just don't have a qualified umpire and it's just your friend or even just someone you don't even know just from the sidelines from the opposition team or something umpiring. So, I don't know, it, you've got to just figure out how to deal with that. Um, I'm not sure if the best thing is just to download a copy of the rules so you know them and have a friendly discussion or maybe in that situation you just let it be. A lot of people deal with those things in different ways. But once you get to some uh, more important tournaments, then hopefully you will have an umpire and then they will have the qualification. So it's always a tricky one, isn't it, Alice? Yeah, it is. It's, um, I mean, um, yeah, the whole issue of 
having qualified umpires and um, and enforcing those sort of rules in table tennis is a bit tricky because 99% of the time in table tennis the rules are really simple and we never have an issue with um, with umpiring and you know often players just umpire matches themselves so yes when when those sort of issues come up then it becomes a little bit more more difficult. So I hope that helps you out, Vic. Now we've got a question from Alan. And Alan says, Hi, sometimes I see professional players immediately smash the ball when returning a serve. I was wondering in what circumstances could and should you do this? Thanks, Alan. Yeah, so Alan, I think think that um, often we get a little bit... uh, Confused between a smash and a topspin, so um, and and they're very similar in a lot of cases. So a smash is where you're just hitting the ball very flat, like that. A topspin is where you're brushing the ball and generating and obviously generating some topspin on the ball. Now most professional players will play a strong topspin stroke on the return of serve. So as 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 soon as the ball comes long to you, they are going to make a strong topspin. It's not a smash because a smash, because it doesn't have topspin, has a very low margin for error. It, that's the that's the flight path. Whereas the topspin is going to do that. It's going to go up over the net and then come down onto the table. All right. So what the professional players are doing is they are playing a fast topspin stroke not a smash. Um, when do you do that stroke? As I said, you do the fast topspin stroke whenever the ball comes along to you, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, that's so a good it, point, Alois. And so that's why a lot of the top players actually serve the ball short, so they don't get that fast topspin coming at them straight away. Yes, and um, yeah, the, the short serve becomes really important as, as you start to go up higher in the levels because all your opponents are going to have really strong topspin um, attacks and if you serve long they're going to attack you and then you're on the defense or you know you need to make make a, a good counter counter topspin so yeah so uh, have, have, a, have a look at those players again and just notice um, the stroke that they're playing it they're, they're de- definitely generating a lot of spin on that ball as well and we cover it in our advanced forehand topspin um, lesson and show you how to generate more speed and spin on on those faster topspins as well. Yeah, so there you go, Alan. So try and um, work on your own topspin, and if someone serves long to you, try and play a topspin. And at first, it doesn't have to be a really fast one, as long as you're playing a topspin stroke, but as you get better, you can, you can get faster and faster. So thanks for the question, Alan. All right, so now we're moving on to the um, ping skillers question of the day. And the question today is, who is the best player you've ever seen? So please leave a comment, let us know that. We'd love to hear your who the best player you've seen is. All right, well, that wraps up uh, episode nine. Thanks again for watching. I hope you're enjoying the show, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Alois. Yep. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great day, guys. All right, see you.